Hi everyone, welcome to 20 Minute Marketing. Hope you're having a great day and a great week, whatever you're doing this week. Um, I'm really excited for this episode. We have got a great guest today. He's going to give us some uh, really insightful um, news and share some things that I think all of us will be able to take away from this episode. So without further ado, I'll introduce him now. His name is Liam also, so hopefully it's not a little bit confusing, but hi Liam. Hello. Nice How are you doing here. today? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good, good. Um, yeah, just, just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you're working for now, and a little bit of sort of a background of who you may have worked for previously. Okay, no problem. Um, as you've kind of built me up there, bigged me <laughs> up. I feel a bit of pressure to, you know, give a good episode here. But um, my name's Liam Smith. I work at Yorkshire Wildlife Park. Um, I'm a digital marketing executive, which sounds a lot more impressive and important than it really is. Um, I've been there for just over a year, actually. It's a year tomorrow since I started Congrats. there. Thank you very much, my anniversary. Um, and before that, I worked in social media at Doncaster Council for about four years. Okay, yep. So quite... Two very contrasting companies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bit, yeah, it's yeah. Um, yeah, gone from like tweeting about bins every day and dealing with customer complaints on Facebook about bins and potholes and stuff, and then all of a sudden you're talking about animals. Polar bears. Yeah, and everyone loves animals, different. so yeah. Yeah. yeah, very contrasting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think we'll end up talking about bins and gritters I in cannot, a second. I cannot wait. <laughs> I absolutely can't wait. I love talking about bins as, yep. much, as much as I possibly can. So, um, yep, yeah, that's it for the introduction. Um, we'll see you in the main topic in just a moment or two. Thank you. All right, everyone, so time to dive into the main part of the podcast. As normal, it is only 20 minutes long, and I know we've got a lot to cover and a lot of questions that I want to ask Liam personally as well. So we'll get right started. So anyone in Doncaster might be aware that you've had some very successful tweets and social media activity over the last year or two. Mm -hmm. So for anyone that doesn't know, just sort of give us an insight of what that was and how it came about. So I think the I think that one of the main things are you probably talk about the gritting yeah. stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, this is like this is gonna be on my gravestone I think the thing <laughs> think. that I'm most famous for um, so a couple of years ago when I was working at the council uh, we had a competition to name our gritting lorries and people have kind of done the idea a little bit before but what we did differently um, we made it completely open to a public vote so we went out and said literally whatever names get suggested we'll put them to a vote. And we will actually go through with it and name it whatever's the most popular yeah. choice. So I think one of the things that other councils do, they'll ask for suggestions and then they'll like discount Take most of them. Two, because, like yeah. the David Attenborough boat. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, like yeah. people want it to be called Boaty McBoatface. Yeah. And it ends up being the whatever it is. Yeah. Right, just Sir David Attenborough. So I was quite determined not to do that. Yeah. Um, and I finally like got them to agree to, to actually call it whatever people suggested. Um, yeah, and it really just blew up. I think because people like to name stuff on the internet yeah. and suggest really stupid names, it really went mad. Um, we ended up, the two gritters that won um, were Gritsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny Yellow Anti-Slip Machiney. Which have a long to, one. <laughs> yeah, I had to say that quite a few times. Um, yeah, that, that suggestion is just absolutely ridiculous and yeah. I loved it. I can't believe someone could think of that like on the spot. Like, someone must have really had to sit down and, yeah. and like think of that one. I think they've probably had that like ready to go in the yeah. chamber for like, yeah. two years, and then someone's yeah. finally asked. 
Um, but yeah, it just it ended up the the campaign was mad, and it ended up with um, seven million impressions on Twitter in two days, which is huge, which is <laughs> mental for yeah. you know most even now at the wildlife park that would be unbelievable. Yeah, but for a council that's just unheard of really. Yeah. Um, but as it kind of grew and grew and grew and went more and more viral, some of the stuff that happened, like I ended up getting asked to go on BBC News and I talked about the campaign on there and they were kind of, it's very rare for someone actually in marketing or comms to get asked to go and speak about the marketing, if that makes sense. So the questions weren't about, you know, oh, were you worried about the name? It was all about, you know, why did you do the campaign and all that kind of stuff. So that was an amazing thing. Yeah. Um, it got on like Russell Howard's Good News and it's huge, like yeah, yeah, huge outreach. Like National, the last leg did a bit about it. It yeah. just it was one of those things, the perfect combination of like the right time. Yeah, there was not obviously much else in the news to talk yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, it just it absolutely blew up. So that was probably the biggest thing that I'm yeah most famous for. Not that I'm famous <laughs> in the slightest, but yeah. Um, did it? Did you sort of have multiple? ideas or did you think that one that was it or I think how do you plan sort of your strategy to I think we just um when I sort of sat down beforehand you know you get that idea every now and again where you think this has got the potential to to be quite big didn't expect it to go as big as it did um but I place a lot of focus on for for businesses I do it now or particularly the council responding to people actually engaging with people on social media because I think too many companies make the mistake of sending stuff out all the time and you're broadcasting to people. But when they come back with stuff, you don't actually then go the extra step and engage with it and yeah. go back and be funny. And I think that was the kind of thing that really set it apart, that when people were suggesting names, we were kind of going back with like sassy replies and saying, that's a bit crap or, you know, yeah. just go back with some puns and stuff like that. So yeah. I was quite determined beforehand in the planning that I wasn't going to let anything really like go by without us engaging with it and responding yeah and when it's going viral and you're getting hundreds and hundreds of tweets that's really hard to do yeah um but that's you know i was up till like midnight on the night that it was happening and it, i bet it didn't feel like you were up until midnight because it seems yeah. it's fun as well yeah, and like you just like checking all the time just to yeah. see what happens i mean when yeah. your notifications are just going like that it's it's such an amazing feeling to kind of see oh my god there's someone the next celebrities tweeted about it and stuff you know like yeah. i'm a Massive, um, you know, Vic and Bob, the comedians from like the nineties. They they did shooting stars. And yeah. God, I feel old now. And I'm only twenty seven. Um, but yeah, Bob Mortimer, he he was tweeting about it and stuff. And yeah. he's like one of my comedy icons. So when he saw it, I was like, oh my god, that's it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, stuff like that happening. It, you're right. I didn't feel like I'd spent all night doing it. Yeah. My phone was like hot by, <laughs> yeah. by like nine o'clock, <laughs> literally like burning a hole in my hand. I think that's a good aspect of it about like even if you do go viral or you have a big hit is to reply to everyone and keep it going as a two way. Yeah, well that's the thing I think. I think that's that's what a lot of places don't do and I don't really know why they just kind of send stuff out and think it's job done. Yeah. But if people come back to you that can be some of the best stuff sometimes. People yeah. will like take it in another direction that you weren't expecting it to go in. Yeah. And I think one of the other things that I did that is um probably the other one of the other stuff I'm most like proud of is I did a campaign called Binvasion, which it was when... Um, do you live in Doncaster? I'm um, from Rotherham, so right, close okay. by. But so you won't know about our lovely yeah. blue bins necessarily, but right. we've got... Um, a couple of years ago, we introduced new blue recycling bins, right. and I was having to like promote the fact that they were coming out and people should watch out for them. And that's a really boring thing to have to talk about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we ended up making it like a 
sort of like a Doctor Who style, like the bins were actually invading Doncaster. And I didn't really expect that to go very big, but um, it was because people were like sending us photos of their bins you know, oh my God, my house has been been invaded. Yeah. Send help and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, people were like making their bins look like Daleks and putting like plungers and whisks and stuff on them to make them look like evil robots and stuff. And that was the best kind of stuff that we got from the whole campaign. So again, I think a lot of places would kind of, the first tweet that comes in like that would just go, oh, that's funny, but not really do much with it. Yeah. But we put those people like central to the campaign, which is something I'm quite proud of as well. Yeah, I think definitely. Um, you essentially they're doing the work for, mm. for you as well like you get to sit back and look at all of these cool images and yeah like creative people yeah um i did see last week or maybe the week before you had um the april fools at the wildlife as well yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that was really fun to put together so um yeah we just did a did a video because they're the really good team at the wildlife park yeah. and um guy that i work with called andy he's brilliant at making videos and stuff and coming up with all these like creative ideas and that and um they've done like some really good april fool's day things over the years so it was a bit of a struggle i think the whole april fool's day thing it's obviously there is a fly yeah there is a fly here. flying in, around as in our faces reason. um <laughs> <laughs> i don't think that much um yeah he, they've done some really good things and i think the april fool's day thing for companies it is a little bit sort of been there done that and it's getting a bit crap at times now unless you've got something to really stand out it's just it's a bit so i was really not keen on doing anything to be honest but then andy came in um with the idea of doing a video where it's like we because at zoos they get a lot of prank calls on april fool's day so people like can i speak to mr sea lion and stuff like that and giraffe and all that kind of stuff so we said it'd be funny if we made a video of like we've prepared for it and we're kind of the customer service team will not engage with humour at all on that day. They're just yeah. going to be completely straight-faced. So, yeah, we put together a video in, in like, an hour and, and edit it, and Andy edited it and stuff, and that was really good as well. So, again, just being a little bit different, I think, yeah. is what I like to do the yeah. most in my job, really. Do you think, sort of, now at the wildlife park, it gives you a bit of freedom and an advantage with animals, to, to or does it put more pressure on you because it's such a huge company? Yeah, it's interesting. I think... It's a di- it's a very different challenge because when you when you go into somewhere like the wildlife park, it's a very established brand for a, for a start, and then also, people do just sort of like to see photos of tigers and stuff. Yeah. So, for the first sort of couple of months, I was like, what can I add here that's different to what every other zoo is doing in the UK? That's quite a big challenge, really, because. You know, like I say, it can be so tempting to just post. We've got polar bears and yeah, stuff. You know, just like everyone would love to see a polar bear yeah, like once a yeah, week. Exactly, yeah, exactly. You know, so like you could every day just send out a wallaby or whatever. Um, but I've really tried to build a bit of a tone that's. I'm. I'm all about like I've just said, being different and trying to. If everyone's doing it, it makes me not want to do it on yeah. social media, basically. So, I looked at what other people, other companies, and other zoos were doing, and. And it is all basically just that standard promotional stuff of like, here's a nice photo of a lion. Yeah. Come and visit us on Saturday. Um, so yeah, I've I've really sort of tried to feel around and and find my way around like where the tone's going to be and what's funny and, um, but it's been great because it's a it's a really difficult challenge at times yeah. because you know, how do you how are you different when you're if you're running a coffee shop and you're trying to promote your coffee shop. 
how do you avoid just tweeting about coffee all the time, which is what people think you're going to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've loved I've loved that challenge of it, but it's quite hard at times, to be fair. Uh, yeah, I imagine as well. And there's some people go. Everyone goes to to a wildlife park for different reasons and mm. for different animals as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting for for like where your position is, where a lot of it is like imagery and and the social mm-hmm. side of it, as opposed to more so like SEO. I'm sure you obviously yeah, do yeah. that as well. But do you have? How do you like strategize it? Do you have like plans way in advance or do you just go into work on a Monday and think I'm going to take a picture or do this yeah. this week? See, I'm, this is going to be like maybe a little bit controversial in the marketing community, but yeah. I'm not that big a believer in plans really because nothing that I've achieved that's been the best stuff I've ever done has come from a plan at all. Yeah. So actually the the bin thing, I'd been putting off doing a plan for ages because I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. Yeah. And then it just like struck me and I thought, that's what I'll do. And I went with it. Um, and it's quite similar to the Wildlife Park. It's different. Um, we've It's kind of like two strands. So we've got a lot of events and stuff. That's a much more traditional kind of marketing exercise, really. So we'll like have a plan three months in advance where by this date we need to have posters designed and it needs to be on Facebook and we need a web page and all that kind of stuff. But my sort of day-to-day social media stuff, I literally will like go in in the morning and not know what I'm going to be doing in the afternoon most yeah. days, which is how I prefer it because I yeah. just I am a lot better when I can act spontaneously and like just have it's fun with it. Basically. Usually the best outcome yeah. as well, yeah. And also you can't you need to be able to like capitalize on what's going on that day. Yeah. So for example, at the moment you know, you wouldn't think that Brexit is really, like, good ground for a wildlife park to be getting involved yeah, in. Yeah. But I'm, I've am i done a couple of times where I've, like, traded off of the fact that they've been debating in Parliament for, like, six hours and everyone's tweeting about it. I'll tweet something like, while that's all going on, here's a photo of a polar bear to calm everyone down. And, yeah, you know, and it works. Yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah. let's all just chill out and look at a photo of a lemur and yeah. take a deep breath. <laughs> um, but if you planned and tried to schedule in tweets and stuff, you're going to miss out, miss out on that kind yep. of thing, you know. I love nothing more when I go in and I'll see, like, it'll get to, like, 11 o'clock and I'll see something trending and I'll think, what the hell is that? Like, hashtag world egg day. Yeah, and you're like, and I'll I just could think, do something with that. Yeah, I yeah. need to just, you know, go wild on world egg day because yeah. it sounds really boring. And there's always a day for something as oh well. Oh, God, if every single day. Google days of the year and there's, like, <laughs> six to eight things every single day. Yeah, it's probably, like, <laughs> world lasagna day today. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I think if you try and plan too far in advance, you'll miss out on stuff like that because you're not going to you're not you, gonna schedule in something for every day. and You, you get know. lost in focusing on the future yeah. almost. Mm. Yeah. I think sort of going back I should have probably asked you this question at the start when we were talking about viral marketing and, and being creative um we just sort of touched upon it before the podcast started that I watched someone else's podcast it was like a video um sort of sit down and they were talking about how they think to put it politely um going viral is pointless because you're not actually you don't have your actual customers following you mm. and I feel like you'd have a good counter or a good response yeah, to, to that argument? I don't think that's true at all, to be fair, because like like at, at Donny Council, if you only ever spoke to your audience, then that's great and everything, but actually not that many people really engage with that Twitter account because, you know, I lived in Doncaster and I wouldn't follow it because yeah. why would I bother? Whereas if you have a success like the gritting thing and it goes viral that actually does make more of your 
potential audience seek you out and and actually start yeah. to follow you so i don't i don't agree with that at all yeah there's brands and foot even like footballers and sports people and everything and they'll pop up on my twitter and say something interesting and i'll be like oh, i didn't realize that i yeah. wasn't even following them and i like them and i probably would maybe buy from them or be interested yeah, in exactly. hearing what they're saying and particularly particularly for like private sector businesses i don't get why it would be a disadvantage to just have a bigger audience seeing yeah. your stuff because you know like some of the some of the best feedback I've had from um, people with my stuff at the wildlife park, they're not in my the zoo industry. They're not like mums that are looking to bring kids. There'll be people from like, you know, Innocent Smoothies or another company that I respect or something might see it. You know, I've had a couple of people recently. There's a woman who works at ITV. She's like a digital person there. And she's got nothing to do with the wildlife park. But if she's sharing our stuff and saying this is really good that can't damage us as a business because she's got all these followers in yeah, the local area yeah, yeah. And, and she's got followers in the creative industry and she's got national people looking at her and you know and I think Innocent are like the company I go back to time and time again because they're I think probably still the best at social marketing they don't um, they don't only talk to people that like smoothies do they they barely yeah. ever mention smoothies and yeah. they have stuff that goes viral all the time that one of the things that is um their biggest viral successes they did um you know dogs at polling stations have you ever heard of that hashtag i think so every yeah. election yeah. day basically yeah. dogs at polling stations trends and it's just people tie their dogs up while they go and vote and that was from innocent they were like it's sharing no relevance absolutely yeah, nothing no to relevance. do with them at all but yeah. it makes people think oh this is a really cool business they've got something different to say so yeah don't don't subscribe to that view at all yeah and i think we touched upon it as well beforehand that it's great for b2b companies if you get a viral tweet or a viral social post that for social proof if you've got a future client who's huge who could be a deal breaker if they see you doing something right on social media yeah. then it's only gonna benefit your company yeah absolutely. if you're if you're a, like a, a marketing agency or a tech firm or something like that and you only have 20 followers 50 followers yeah. then they might think well it doesn't really what give they the do? best image does it yeah um if you're trying to tell people how to be successful on social media and yet you go on your twitter or your facebook and all it is is just yeah fairly standard posts about the industry absolutely then, yeah you know um yeah i think we've sort of covered quite a lot in there i think a nice way to sort of sum it is um Maybe where you think head marketing might be heading or what do you think is exciting that you could adopt at the zoo with sort of like a, maybe a wider audience and bigger budget than, say, your you small yeah. to medium enterprise? I think um, one thing that it kind of concerns me a little bit and I'm trying to, like, make sure we don't fall into it. I don't want every company to become, like, sassy and really stupid and trying to be funny all the time because it's there's a like a balancing act going on at the moment where it's like right on a tipping point where yeah. it could get really cringy and a bit crap. Yeah. Everyone's like trying to trying too hard to be funny all the yeah. time. That's not what it's about for me. Um so I think we're like really trying to focus on not losing ourselves in the pursuit of like retweets. Yeah. Um but yeah in terms of stuff that I'd like to do, that's quite a big question. I'm trying to move a lot more into I really like trying to break new ground and do stuff that people aren't doing so um i've really pushed the boundaries of what you can do on instagram stories which yep. is something i'm really really proud of that i'm doing at the moment so every friday afternoon um it's finished now i've done season one 
I was doing a weekly soap opera all on Instagram stories where you have to like interact with it and you can affect the story. Yeah. And it's all based around a mongoose that I'm kind of like, <laughs> everyone's <laughs> like in his world, everyone's cheating on each other and there's people planning to murder each other. Yeah. It's like a classic American soap opera with mongooses from yeah. Natural Wildlife Park. And that's so far away from what I was doing a year ago. Yeah. So far away from what zoos normally do. They kind of take themselves quite seriously. Yeah. And I'm trying to show that we can have a bit of fun. So that's my main aim, really. Is to yeah, just keep, keep fun keep and lighthearted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Time and a place to be sassy if yeah. you're running a competition or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the odd response to people. Yeah. I'll, I'll like to, I like to search for Yorkshire Wildlife Park on Twitter. Just to see and see if people don't mention us, and then if they're slagging us off, I'll like go back to them and say, "What do you mean?" and so, yeah, know, stuff yeah. like that. So without pushing the boundary yeah. too far, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so yeah, if anyone wants any more ideas on sort of how to be creative, if you follow the wildlife park, I'm sure you'll get to see yeah. the um, soap opera and anything <laughs> else that comes along. Yeah. Um, and if you Google the Gritter, Doncaster Gritters, you'll be able to look at that one Indeed, as well. Yeah. Um, but we're going to wrap up the main subject and the, the middle section because we have run a little bit over, um, which is good and bad at the same time, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Um, that's okay. Um, we'll just be back in um, the next moment for a few minutes on a little bit of graduate advice, as always. Thank you. Hi, everyone. So just to summarise, we are going to speak a little bit about graduate advice. Um, I'm just going to sort of ask Liam, first of all, between education and getting your first role, how did you find the whole experience and what sort of happened? Um, it is really tough at times because you're kind of... I, I probably applied for... I got a job um, at the Home Office in Sheffield to just, like, temp. Um, yep. So that wasn't in comms. And while I was doing that, I was applying for loads and loads and loads of jobs. I had probably about seven or eight interviews, some of which... I literally got phoned up and they were like, we were going to give it to you, but there's someone who's 40 that's got more experience. And it is a bit soul-destroying because you're like, how can I get the experience if you're not going to give me a chance? Um, but I think it's just, it's quite character-building at the same time because you have to persevere, yep. you have to keep going, you have to keep faith in yourself, which I think is really important. Yeah, I do think you come out stronger on the other side yeah, when you've got it. Yeah. And then when you get the job that you're wanting, yeah. it makes it even better because you've, maybe been temping doing stuff you're not enjoying you appreciate being given the chance so you really want to prove yourself so yeah. I think that does help yeah I think the recurring theme sort of with other guests as well is that it, it doesn't have to be overnight and it probably won't be overnight yeah, for most people it's probably really rare yeah it is. Um, and then just finally how do you think now looking looking back on like the last few years how do you think you would um, recommend to other people standing out or how you would have probably changed it to stand out and have that little bit extra yeah well one of my main tips really is to try and get work experience for free if you can because I think it just it really does add a lot to CV so many people have got degrees nowadays that that isn't really enough anymore so it's not even necessarily like paid work experience or work experience for a company but if you're blogging or vlogging or you're really like prolific on social media that almost counts as work experience nowadays it yeah. sounds mad but you know if you're like we were just saying a second ago to each other um if you're really good on instagram or you use that all the time if you're applying for a certain job with a company that's really prioritizing instagram then that's going to set you apart from yeah the tables are turning because you know there might be someone who's 40 with more experience who's never really used instagram before and yet there's an 18-year-old who's used it for 10 years 
you and know. you can have a, it doesn't have to be a personal instagram account if you have a dog or if you like yeah. the outdoors or anything like that yeah, just absolutely. start taking pictures your hobbies yeah. if you're vlogging about your hobbies or you take photo photography is another really good one or web building or whatever it is um i think they're really really good ways to kind of set yourself apart because you're building like your own brand almost that's yeah. what a lot of people do nowadays they're you go on their Instagram, they've got really like stylish little stories and stuff. And it's like you're it's branding themed, yourself. Yeah, it's all similar yeah. themed style I think pictures. that's like the LinkedIn page for young people almost yeah. is your yeah. social media now. So yeah, that's probably one of the big things for yeah. me. I think that's um, a good standpoint to leave it on. Yeah. Just sort of touching on the work experience as well. If you, if you aren't sure, I think a good place to start is to ask the university or the careers yeah, department. Yeah. At, when I was at the University of Sheffield, I did an internship for it was only 100 hours so not not particularly long but they actually paid you a thousand pound to do 100 hours of work it wasn't the company it was the university so there are opportunities at the universities to to actually do it it's just but I didn't I I think I found out on an email that went to my junk box or something like (laughs) no one no one on the course even knew about it but if if you speak to the universities or even like local businesses or anything, there will be an opportunity. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yep. So I think we'll wrap it up there. Lots of great insights um, from this episode. Can't thank Liam enough for being a great Thank guest. you very much. Um, and I'll see you all soon. Thank you.